0: Well, hello again. I am Matt Williamson. It is midday Saturday. Hope you watch, listen to the podcast I recorded late, late, late last night. Rewatched the game. I've done a lot of research around the Internet. I've got some quotes, read some articles, read some pro football focus stuff. Accumulated a bunch of things that I'm going to react to. That's going to be the first half of things. And then we're going to stock up, stock down it. So here's some uh, some quotes from players some things I found just in a real random order, and Deontay Johnson. I love this quote. He said, "It's really just us getting on the move and allowing us to make plays after the catch. That's really what they've been harping on. Not having us running the same patterns, just stretching the field and knowing certain plays to call when certain guys are in there. People keep, pick it, keep, hit, pick it, hitting, you know, pick it, hitting people in stride helps." That that last part was not from Johnson, but it sure does. You know, obviously, all the things I've been complaining about, my concerns about the offense, Tomlin, Canada, the whole organization is stressing it. So not that I know any better than those guys. I don't. But there were obvious errors, mistakes foundational problems with the offense last year. And if guys like Deontay are telling you, boy, that's what they keep stressing in camp, you know they're in their ears doing it. Sometimes, often in these Steeler camps, there's a theme or two. You know, I don't think Tomlin gives them like 84 different things There are themes. I think there's things that he stresses and stresses and stresses. And obviously, what Deontay's talking about here is something that they've stressed and we're seeing results in practice now in a game. You see it in training camp. And the last thing Johnson said is, you see it in training camp. We're moving fast. I love that. We're moving fast because it's a very simple way to describe what I've seen from the offense. Pre-snap, at the snap, on time, fast. So, we also saw some big plays. You know, the longest touchdown last year was 31 yards. And they hadn't had a touchdown of more than 60 yards since early in 2020. So, they had a 33 catch and run by Pickens. Rudolph hits Austin for a 67. 14-yard touchdown run by McFarlane. But he probably could have scored from way further. And you're just seeing big play potential from these guys. So, I I think that goes without saying, but just can't stress that enough. Um, The second team D-line, is this what it is now? Like, is the... If we just look at it from a 3-4 perspective, is it going to be a battle between Fahoko and Adams to be in the middle between Joby and Hayward and then a young defensive line, you know, the second wave, the second hockey wave in with Benton in the middle and Liao and Loudermilk at the ends? I think that's what it looks like right now. Obviously, very subject to change. Benton could become the number one nose, but... I think that's encouraging for Loudermilk. You know, I always look at things from a two-man defensive front, and I think it's Leal and Benton backing up Hayward and Joby. But Leal had five sacks or five tackles, half a sack. Loudermilk had three tackles, and one of them was behind the line of scrimmage. Benton also did as well. Uh, and, of course, Herbig throws in the sack and a half, which basically was two to me. Hot night, Broderick, I, I've not yet found the snap counts, but I have to record this now. I've been waiting and waiting, but I've not seen the official snap counts. I'll mention those definitely earlier in the week, but it looks like by my really rough count, Broderick Jones played about 50 snaps, which is about, I don't know, 85% or so of the of the game, maybe a little less than that. That might be a little high, but Tomlin said, we gave him big exposure. I like his demeanor. I like how he finished. We'll come through it specifically and look at hand usage and how he mixed up his protections and some of the things that are very technical that are major components of this level of play. Which, as I've been telling you, the technical aspects are what this guy just doesn't know yet. Not that he can't or he's bad at it. I mean, it's just he hasn't gotten there yet. He hasn't played a ton of football. You know, the, the hand usage is big. So, some other clips I pulled out from all over the, the web. Pickett has the look of a veteran, and I very much agree with this. Uh, this, I think, was from NFL.com. Pickett looked comfortable early, manipulated the pocket, and, and appeared to feel the game slow down. All of which suggests the Steelers O might be able to keep up with its fearsome defense in 2023. Deontay on the first drive, capped off by Pickens. Four of Pickett's. Th- th- those guys had four of six Pickett's completions. Deontay and Pickens, great throw by to Pickens late in the down. Pickett, you know, pick, I, I just have a note here. Pickens' route tree expanding? Question mark. Yes, with exclamation marks. And game has slowed down for Pickens. <laughs> Jesus, Pickett, Pickett, Pickett. Things is killing me. Game has slowed down for Pickett, but the offense is sped up. Like Johnson said, like, like I mentioned before. That's exactly what you want. I mean, that's really asking for a lot and they're getting it. So, notes from the box as well. Keyshawn Vaughn played for a while and then Edmonds for a while, then back to Vaughn, then back to Edmonds. None of those guys really did anything. You know, Vaughn had four yards on seven carries, you know, 0.6 yards per attempt. Um Tampa had just 41 rushing yards on their first 20 carries, which was the whole time Trask and Mayfield were in there. So your top two quarterbacks who are fighting for the starting job, they had 41 yards on 20 carries. I mean, really good defense. Two of their young guards, Mock and Getke, um, they look like they're going to be starters. They got beat up in this game. Um, both had holding penalties. Mock had a false start. Getke, who was all over him, all over in place and played some right tackle, too. But ugh. Um, pro football focus did a rookie spotlight. Then rookie second round pick Cody Mock logged 41 snaps, but struggled overall. He lit up two pressures, including one sack and didn't fare well as a run blocker after the initial review of the game. 100 percent. And that is a lot to do with the Steeler front. Um, this bird kid's kind of interesting. I think he's going to be out of sight, out of mind, but he handled the punt return, punt return duties. Um, all the, all the backup special teamers basically played backup kicker, backup punter, backup long snapper. Austin did some kickoff return. Bird was the number one returner. I don't know that we'll see any of those guys. Um, real quick on Mayfield. He played 25 snaps. I thought he played fine. You know, I mean, wasn't great. Wasn't surrounded by great players. He Wasn't thrown to Evans and Godwin, but he was fine. Whatever. Um, some of the snap stuff I have been able to dig out. Jalen Warren leads in snaps with the Steelers starters. Najee started the game, but Warren also played significantly. Harris played each of the team's first three snaps. Warren replaced him for the second and 11 and third and 10 which isn't surprising considering those are the kind of situations Warren played in last season. He is the third down back. Warren stayed on the field for the following first and 10 and was replaced by Harris for a first and 10. Harris was then replaced by Warren for another first and 10. So here's what I'm really taking out of it is, is the Steelers turned to the backups really for the second drive, which not only included replacing Harris, but also Warren. Like they almost treated Warren like a one. So I thought that was, noteworthy for sure. It's also possible the Steelers just trying different things with the offense. Of course, you know, Harris never ran the ball, but he caught a pass. Warren was more used as a runner than receiver, which was their opposite roles last year. Who knows? I mean, I, I guess it's worth noting, but I'm not going to do a whole lot into that. Um, Kenny had seven dropbacks. Mitch had four. Rudolph had 15. And Tanner Morgan had nine. Um, Morgan... Didn't do himself any favors. Um, the Kenny Pickett was 6 of 7 for 70 yards, as you know. He had an 85 passing grade by 8 PFF standards, which is really good. And Rudolph they credited with two big-time throws. Great. So, they had a defensive and an offensive line spotlight. They talked about Herbig. Uh, the, the rookie played only eight pass-rushing snaps and still managed two sacks. Um, Highest-graded defender in this game for PFF. Um, offensive line spotlight kind of we mentioned with the Bucks, four sacks compared to the Steelers allowing one um, Steelers only allowed eight pressures overall Pittsburgh line surrendered pressures on 27 packs blocking snaps as a group a lot of that was late in the game though um, some notes I wrote down here too. draft picks as a whole were outstanding uh, Kendrick Green well I'll get to him in a little bit I mean is, is the juice worth the squeeze anymore is what I said after watching him at center. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, Last note and I might write my article about this but should I recap the game, preview the bills, you know but in bold, bold writing here in text I wrote is everyone underestimating the Steelers passing game slash picket and when I mean everyone I mean everyone that isn't in the building. Me, you, every national guy out there. Are we underestimating this passing game? I know they played a garbage team. I think we are. And maybe I'm getting a little too excited, but maybe this passing game isn't going to be, boy, I hope it gets close to league average. Maybe it's the 12th best passing game in the league. I'm just throwing it out there. Like I don't think that's the craziest thing I've ever said. Um, Be back in a minute. We'll do some stock up, stock downs. They're mostly stock ups. Stock up has to be Pickett. You know, he gets one series. Really couldn't have done any better. Sharp. Bang. You know, in control. Great. I'm going to give Rudolph a stock up. No question. Really strong showing. I mean, well done. I think he's a number two in this league. Other stock ups. Deontay, he carved those guys up was very open. Again, these are one series, small sample size. We're talking preseason. You have to say Pickens. The after the catch stuff shouldn't surprise any of us. I mean, what did Kenny say the other day? You know, George is the most talented receiver I've ever played with. Uh, Jordan Addison, you know, he's played with some couple dudes, and um, yeah, Pickens can kind of do it all. We shouldn't shouldn't doubt that he can be great after the catch. I mean, I think that's in his toolbox. Speaking of explosive plays, Austin is certainly a stock up um, first real showing in the league, and I made a note that he really impacted the game vertically. But also horizontally, you know, he got those end arounds that are a lot scarier than when you hand it to Gunner last year. And he can attack the entire field from numerous spots, as can Hayward. And Hayward played a great game. He's going to be a spot player, but he makes those spots count. I'm excited to see snap counts on Darnell Washington, as well as his former teammate, Broderick Jones. It seemed to me the Georgia boys were in there a lot and held up well and didn't fatigue, and they're big-bodied guys in extreme heat. And I thought both played well. Um, so, we're going to have to keep an eye on the, on the exact snap counts, but I think that they were plentiful for both. Um, Anderson, the seventh-round pick, once again, he's playing all over the line, numerous positions. This guy's a keeper. He's a good player. He's a good prospect. And what he does sticks in the league. I thought Fajoko and Watts – Played pretty well late in the game as well. You'd expect that, but it's they're not names getting thrown around a ton. You have to bring up Herbig. The speed he showed, the get off, the counter moves, really good hands, the aggression. He, he looks really good. Um, some of the down the line guys too. David Perlis, another edge guy. is a good player. Keeps showing up at camp. He's going to have a tough time making the team, as is Quincy Roche. It was kind of a little bit up and down this game, but he had a sack. He made a play on special teams. You know, coaches notice these things, of course. I thought collectively, all the inside linebackers of note played pretty well. That They flew around the field. I didn't see a lot of missed assignments. I didn't see guys that were athletically overmatched. And Alexander in particular, Quan Alexander, absolutely stood out. Uh, We talked about Pierre last night. You know, I was made aware on the air last night that he had a bunch of tackles and you never want to see that from a corner if you just box score scout, but that's why you don't box score scout and you have to go back. He made a lot of plays, looked like a veteran out there playing against rookies, exactly what you want. And yes, he allowed a touchdown, but that was a tremendous throw, a tremendous play. I'm not going to kill him for that. Elijah Riley factoring in out of the slot. Made a play on punt team. Also a tackle near the line of scrimmage as a slot player. His toughness is obvious at practice. Good and around the line of scrimmage. Throws his body around. I think he has some safety capabilities as well. He might sneak on this team. Uh, Kenny Robinson held up really well. Good for him. Played a lot of snaps as well. That's another guy I'm really curious to see how much time he actually was on the field. Um, stock down. Kendrick Green leads the list. And I mentioned, is the juice worth the squeeze? If this guy can't play center, unfortunately, maybe all that other stuff just isn't worth it. And are there more people on the planet that are big and fast and can run and like to hit people that you could find that maybe are special teamers or they're not 310 pounds or 280 or, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Can we find someone else to do this stuff that can also help? at some position, whether it's O-line or not, because his center reps were pretty terrible, and they've been pretty terrible since he's been in the league. Now, I always compare him, as of many, to Richard with the Ravens. What's interesting about these two rival organizations is the Steelers are trying to find their Richard, the 300-ish pound, battering ram, sledgehammer, move, crush-your-face dude. Well, the Ravens are now going three wide and have no role for Richard, who basically played like 70% of their snaps last year. He was an undersized nose tackle, turn killer, fullback, assassin, whatever you want to call him. And now they're asking him to play guard, which I don't think is going to go well at all. And they've already paid the guy. So I didn't dig into his contract, but he's not making veteran minimum. My point is, if he can't play guard and they have no role for him at all, what if he gets cut and you just tell Kendrick Green to hit the bricks and go sign the better version of him? You know, I mean, you might have to compete with some teams for him, but I'm pretty certain 32 teams are not after 300-pound battering rams. I mean, there's only one team that used it last year. I haven't heard these ex- these experiments going on in Chicago, LA, Seattle, New England, blah, 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 blah. Not a great day for two receivers, Butler and White. White had a special teams penalty. They both had a drop. Yeah. As mentioned, uh, the quarterback Morgan looked like an undrafted rookie free agent that was swimming upstream. To be kind, you know. So, who knows? I'm sure he'll play against the Bills. Speaking of the Bills, I'm sure you're not going to see Josh Allen, and if you do, maybe it's a series, you know, at most. Um, I'd have to watch. I don't think they've played yet by the chance time I've recorded. So I'll see who they've who they dressed and who they didn't in their first preseason game. But I can't stress this enough, and I don't mean to end on a negative note. No matter what the Bills do, Allen, Diggs, Von Miller aside, and I don't expect to see any of those guys, they're going to be a better opponent than this group. I mean, this Bucks team, not only did they have very, very, very little talent on the field, they shot themselves in the foot with penalties, poorly executed. That was... An Alabama versus Alabama State. I mean, not that bad, of course. I mean, these are two NFL teams. That's a bad analogy, Matt. Come on, but their their one team was much, much more talented, better, better coached, better prepared than the other, and it showed. All right, good stuff there. Um, I I will not record one tomorrow. Tomorrow is a weird day for Steeler life because they have a standalone practice. Obviously, Saturday, the day after the game, there's nothing going on in La Trobe. But there is a three hour, there's a, I'm on the air for three hours, but there's a a normal practice Sunday. So, I'm going to drive up in the morning, do three hours of radio, turn around and come home because Monday they're off. So, I would assume that'll be a very light practice, but who knows? I might have some good notes from that. But I don't think Sunday you'll get one from me. Plus, I mean, it's a weekend. I mean, I would imagine I'll get back at this Monday. Although they're off Monday and I gave you two over the weekend. I don't know. I'm talking to myself. But all right, everyone. Take care. Over and out.